Welcome to Passion Life Church. We're going to continue this great series called Grow. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 5, verse 36. As you're turning there, you know, the kind of life that God has for us is the life that's always it's moving forward. It's, it's growing. It's a life that's constantly growing. As a matter of fact, we are to grow from strength to strength and victory to victory. How many of you have seen some victories in your life? How many of you as children of God, let me see you've seen victories in your life. Here's the great news. God is not done yet. Come on. He's not done yet. There's more victories for you to have. And I think the beauty of the God that we serve is that he always has something better for us. And every time we reach a destination or achieve a goal, you know, God is challenging us to go forward. Why is that? Because it is God's will for us to grow. But we can't have this idea that some people have, well, God, if you want me to grow, it's just going to happen. No, it doesn't happen by osmosis. It happens because we are intentionally. It doesn't happen automatically. It, desi- it happens because we desire it, that we are intentional about it. And I'm going to tell you, it really encourages me. This last week, I was outside shaking hands with people and the week before, and people told me this. A couple said, you know, Pastor Phil, we're not here every Sunday because we have to work. They said, but you know what? We want to grow, and we're actually talking to our bosses because we're going to ask for Sundays off so we can be in the house of God so we can grow. Come on, somebody. How many of you know... When you do that, when you honor God like that, and you say, hey, look, I'm, gonna, I'm willing to put another day uh, on the calendar and work another day so I can be in the house of God, growth is going to happen in your life. It's going to happen in your life. It's important for your family. It's important for you. But my church family, listen, we need to start growing now. This is the kind of message you could probably preach in January because it's a new year. But listen, we're not going to wait for the new year. We are going to finish this year strong in Jesus' name. Come on, like never before. I'm believing that. I'm believing that the year's not over. You're going to finish strong. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to finish strong. Now, I'm believing for growth in my personal life, in our relationships, my relationships, your relationships, but I'm believing for growth in our church. My church family, it's time to grow. You know, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 3 says this, and you shall expand. Everybody say expand. You shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations. When he's saying that you're going to expand to the right, to the left, that means every side of you, there's going to be expansion. So we've got to get ready. You know, I was looking up this word grow. It's an amazing word. It means to increase gradually. So how many of you know gradual growth is good? I think it's actually the best kind because growth is really a process. It's to increase gradually in size or amount to become mature or experienced, to grow up. We're going to talk a little bit about that in the future, to increase in influence. How many of you would like God to increase your influence for the purpose of his kingdom? right? That you are able to influence and move the kingdom of God forward. It says to increase in, in uh, influence or effect to become fixed gradually in your mind or affection. Some of the synonyms of that is multiply, swell, enlarge, expand, extend, raise. You know, Jesus himself, when he was on the earth, he had to make a conscious decision. The Bible says he grew in wisdom. He grew in maturity. 
How many of you want to grow in favor with God and man? That's my prayer all the time. That God, they may not like other people, but they're going to like me in Jesus' name, right? They may not do something for other people, but they're going to do it for me because I have favor with God and man. See, I think it's in that order because some of us just want favor with people, but it's not just getting favor with people first. It's getting favor with God first because he's the one that can influence people. Can I hear a good amen today? You know, when you see the word growth in the Bible, it's often synonymous with the word new. Anybody like new? I, I like new stuff. And listen, for all of our antique people here, I love you, but I probably aren't going to hang out with you, okay? I like the smell of a new car. Come on, somebody. I, I, oh, my gosh, a new house. I, I am into new all the time. And I, I'm thankful because I have God on my side because he's into new as well, right? And it's amazing when you actually look at the Bible, there's so many scriptures where he's says, I'm going to do a new thing. He says, you are a new creation. He says, you, this is a new covenant in my blood. Renew your mind. He will give you a new life in Christ. God is into new. And so I've entitled today, it's time for some new wine. You say, Pastor Phil, I don't even drink, but it's time for some new wine, the kind of wine that God's going to give us. Have you found Luke chapter Five, verse 36. Let me set this up so you understand the context of this. Jesus is addressing a group of religious people. They were called the the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You see, they were sad, you see. Some of you, you're too spiritual to get that. The Pharisees, they taught the law. They were enforcers of the law. And so in Jesus's day, they practiced righteousness externally but yet they were more concerned with the outward appearance than internal integrity. And Jesus saw right through them. And so they're going to challenge Jesus. I think this is one of the stupidest things that these people could do is challenge Jesus. But they did. Luke chapter 5, verse 36. And then he spoke a parable to them. He says, no one puts a piece from a new garment in an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst. The wineskins will be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine, everybody say new wine. But new, how many of you want some new wine? I want some new wine. But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved, and no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. This context of what Jesus is talking about is he's talking about fasting. The Pharisees were upset because Jesus was eating with sinners. He was eating with tax collectors. And so they brought up a question, why is he eating and how, why is his disciples drinking? And the question was, why aren't they fasting? Why aren't they fasting? So Jesus begins to tell them this parable. But in truth, my church family, the real question wasn't really about fasting, right? The real question was, why don't you follow our traditions, right? Why don't you follow our traditions? And they were upset that Jesus was hanging out with sinners. My church family, the Pharisees not only enforced the law, but they added more to make it and to have more traditions. So they were saying, how come you don't and your disciples aren't fasting? Now I'm going to tell you something. Did Jesus fast? 
Yes, he did. He fasted for our example. I'm going to tell you what, what, what fasting is and what it's not. Fasting is really to just make sure that your flesh is crucified. It's to put aside desires for a certain period of time, put aside the noise to really be able to hear God. It's not trying to gain God's approval. That's not what fasting is. Fasting is you say, I'm going to lay aside food and, or I'm going to lay aside, it could be something else too. And because I really want to hear the voice of the Lord. I encourage people, if you're going to fast, that you must be in prayer and in the word, right? A lot of people try to fast and then they go, they go to work and, uh, and, you know, so there's different ways to, to fast, but I just want to encourage you just not eating. If you're not in the word and prayer, you're not really doing anything. So you need to really get into the word and prayer, but the, the, um, the, the Pharisees were all about their traditions. Now, let me just tell you this. If we're going to grow, we have to know the difference between man-made traditions traditions and truth, right? Truth is sacred, but traditions are not. They can change. Truth can free us. What happens with traditions is they can lock you up. Truth comes from God, but traditions come from men. Do you know that we can have traditions even in our own life, and we do things that we don't even know why we do it? Like the husband... When he was watching his wife prepare the turkey and she was cutting off almost half of the end of the turkey. And he asked her, he says, why are you cutting off half of the, the backside of the turkey? She says, I don't know. My mom always did that. And so she called her mom. She says, mom, you know, my husband was just asking, you know, why, why do we cut off the end of the turkey? She says, I don't know. My mom did it. And so she said, let's call grandma. So they called grandma. They said, hey, grandma, you know, we noticed that when we come over and you're preparing the turkey, you'd cut off the end and the last part of the turkey. And they said, why did you do that, grandma? She says, because I didn't have a pan that was big enough. We couldn't afford a bigger pan. So down the line, what happens is a tradition and people don't even know why they're doing it. I think it's so funny because a lot of that can happen in our lives. Listen, I'm telling you, my church family, traditions can change. It's the truth of the word of God that is significant and sacred. Can I hear a good amen today? But they were upset that Jesus wasn't keeping with the, the tradition of fasting. So here's what Jesus' response was. And I think this is amazing. In verse 34, he says, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast? Listen to this. While the bridegroom is with them. In other words, listen, you are missing the whole point of the tradition of fasting. The tradition of fasting was to pull aside, to pull and crucify your flesh so you could get more of Jesus. But if Jesus is standing right in front of you in the flesh, what is the point of fasting if he is right there in the middle? It's almost like this. It's almost like if I saw you and I said, hey, you know, I know we were supposed to have that Zoom meeting. Hey, why don't, why don't we just meet in person and, and we're right here. Let's talk about it. And you say, no, 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 no. That's not what we do. Our tradition is we do Zoom. We, yeah, I know. I, I get it. But we're here right now. We're here. Let's let's chat. No, 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 no. You got to understand. We always do Zoom. Right. Not that Zoom is wrong. Zoom is good. But the whole purpose of Zoom is when you're not in the presence. And Jesus was trying to say, listen, I'm right here. The bridegroom is here. Listen, you don't need to fast. I'm right here in your presence. Can you hear, say a good amen today? So they were missing the whole point of the tradition. And here's the reality. The Pharisees just wouldn't change. They wouldn't change. And you can't have growth without change. They, this is so sad to me. 
They were in the presence of Jesus, but they never encountered him. I think that can happen to us today. You can be in a powerful worship service like today, and his presence is, I mean, it's thick. You can, but not encounter him because of traditions. Well, you know, in our family, you know, we just, we just never lift our hands or we just never sang. I know that's a tradition, but I'm telling you, when Jesus and his presence is in the room, we need to sing. We need to lift our hands so we can encounter him and encounter the presence of, the God, the presence of God. But in order for growth to happen, some of our traditions have to change. So in this passage of scripture, it points out three types of people. Like the Pharisees, the first one, there are those who refuse to change. Do you know that because the, the Pharisees didn't have an encounter with Jesus, they got bitter, and they were the ones that set up for him to be crucified? Except for one, there was one, his name was Nicodemus. I like to call him Nick at night. Remember Nick? Remember he came to Jesus at night because he was scared because of all the traditions and he was asking about eternal life. And that's when Jesus said the famous, you must be born again. Nicodemus was religious, but he still had to be born again because you can't, you can't work enough. You can't earn your salvation. And you know what's amazing when you follow Nicodemus, when Jesus died, he actually went with Joseph of Arimathea to Jesus to ask um, uh, Pilate if they could get Jesus's body. And so Nicodemus, with, along with Joseph of Arimathea, they brought uh, myrrh and aloes and, uh, and some things, and they took Jesus's body and they wrapped it in spices and they stripped, a, they, they, um, they wrapped him in linen. Can you imagine being able to do that, what an honor and what a privilege. But that's because he was willing to change. But the Pharisees were refusing to change. And I'm going to tell you here today that you're not going to grow if you won't change. You're not going to grow. Here's the second type of people. There's those that are reluctant to change. They're slow. They don't know. But these people often get stuck because in their reasoning, they think change equals good intentions. My church family, you can be reluctant to change and never change. You can have good intentions and never change. Intentions aren't actions. They're basically just a want. Until you're willing to actually take some action, there will never be change. The result of inaction is still nothing. Nothing. And you know, I think we're funny. Because here's what we do. We can judge people by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. I got one amen on that. Right? You're looking at people and say, and then you're judging them on what they did, but you judge yourself on what you intended to do. Well, you know, I, I intended to do that. Yeah, but you still did not do it. It starts with a desire. It starts with a want, but until it turns to action, you will never see any growth. Can I hear a good amen today? And so we have to go beyond good intention. And then there are number three, there are people who are ready to change because we can't have growth without change. And let me tell you, the older you get, the harder this can become because we can get set in our ways. Can I hear a good amen? Come on, somebody. Jesus came and what he did, the Bible says, is he brought grace and truth. He was grace. But the, the Pharisees were so bent on their traditions that they couldn't see grace. And what I love about this is I was reading this, and I hope you understand God's heart with this, is God wanted to give them new wine. He wants to give you new. I mean, he really wants to give it. 
I mean, that, that's his desire for this. That's this, the, the desire for this whole series is God wants you to grow. God want, doesn't want you to have the same mishaps, making the same dumb decisions that you made before. He wants you to walk in wisdom. He wants you to walk in revelation. So even when you look at things and they don't look or they look good, when you have wisdom, you go, uh-uh, there ain't something right about this. There's, I know it looks good. Everything is lining up, but there's just something not right. You know what? That's a revelation. That is discernment in your heart. That's growth, and it's, it's, it's available to every single person. I love this because there's new wine that is available to every single one of us, and he's talking about this so you and I will go, I want that. I want that. And so you can see his heart. But if we're going to receive the new wine, we need to understand that the farmer must prepare the new wineskin before the new wine is ready. You know, Jesus is so amazing. When you start reading the Bible over and over again, you just see things that you go, Jesus loves new wine. Jesus showed up at a wedding, and the people ran out of wine. And Mary comes to him and says, can you do something? And he basically says, it's not my time. But Jesus honors his mother, and it was just a few there. But it, I, what I find fascinating is he takes... He doesn't take what they usually have the wine in. They take these, these, these vessels that were used for ceremonial washing, and they take these jars and these vessels that have water in it, and Jesus turns them all into wine. This is something that the Jews had a tradition that they would put their hands in for ceremonial washing. How many of you know nothing is insignificant in the Bible? Because what Jesus said is you're, not, you're no longer going to be washing yourself. It's going to be my blood that's going to cleanse you. That's why the water was turned into red wine. Because the Bible says in the new covenant that his blood, when we take his blood, it's a reminder of the forgiveness of sins. Jesus loves new wine. I thought this is kind of amazing because this wasn't a huge miracle. This wasn't like somebody was dying and they had to raise him from the dead. This wasn't like a guy who couldn't walk. Jesus purely did this for this couple because in this time, the wine represented joy. It represented fun. Jesus simply turned the water into wine to keep the party going for people. And some of us, we need some new wine in our life. Some of you, you need a new party in your life. Come on, somebody. And then the headmaster tastes the wine. And the tradition was they would put out some good wine at the wedding. Then people would get drunk. Not like you all, like just drunk. And then what they would do is they'd bring out the cheap wine. Come on. The, the one they bought at the dollar store. And they, they put it out there. The alcohol content wasn't because they're already buzzed, right? And so they put out the cheap wine. So the tradition was, was that the cheap wine came at the end. But when the headmaster tasted this wine, he looked at the bride and groom. He said, what did you do? You saved the best wine for last. My church family, the wine that Jesus gives is the best wine you'll ever taste in your life. Come on, say, I want some new wine. But in order for us to have that, the farmer has to prepare the new wineskin before it's ready. Why? Because the nature of new wine, when it ferments, it stretches 
the wineskin. We read this, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2, but I want to read it again with verse 3. It says, enlarge the place of your tent and stretch out the curtains. This is something that God is asking us to do. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Let me just ask you, why do we think that by holding back and sparing that we're going to grow? I don't understand that with people. That's not how you grow. You grow by enlarging your tent. You grow by stretching. Come on, everybody say stretch. Lengthen your cords and lengthen your stakes. Watch. Then, then for you shall expand to the right and to the left. And listen to this. And your descendants will inherit the nations. This is talking about our children. That our children are going to be affected by our growth or lack of it. I wonder how many people in this room were affected by the lack of your parents' growth. Listen, I'm very thankful. I'm thankful for everything that God has done and the people in my life did. But you know what? Understanding the word of God, I want to grow because the Bible says it's going to be a ripple effect in my son's life. When I was talking to this couple before, after church, they were saying how they wanted to grow, and they looked at their kids, and they said, our kids loved the kids' ministry, and we want them to grow. And I just looked at them, and I said, but their growth will also be a reflection of your growth, right? And so when you're growing, it's great news. To me, this compels me to grow more. I'm going to say it because I think it needs to be said. I don't want my son to have the same struggles that I did, I don't want him to have to walk through what I did. What I want him to do is to be able to stand on my shoulders and go further than I have ever gone. But you know what? I'm going to have to grow. Can I hear a good amen today? Come on, say it's time to grow. But you're going to have to expand. Are you willing to be stretched? Because the enlargement has to come before the expansion. So you're going to have to grow. You're going to have to stretch. And that's the part that doesn't feel good. Growing is awkward. Why? Because you've never been in that season before. But I'll tell you what, it's great to have new because something happens in the new where you have to shift your thinking. You have to move forward. But if we're going to grow, here's the price of growth. Number two, the price of the new is the old. He says in verse 39, no one having drunk old wine immediately. See, sometimes change is hard and people don't want to do it immediately. But he says immediately they desire the new. Why? Because the old is better. So we don't like to change because we're, we're creatures of habit. And then he says this. He says no one puts a new piece of a garment on an old one. And I'm like, when I was reading this, I was like, well, Jesus, hold on. I have done that. I'm going to be honest. I have used the patch right? He says, don't do that because it'll rip. But I didn't listen to Jesus because I had some shorts that I was literally in love with. They were my favorite shorts of all time. They were a little bit preppy, but a little bit edgy. Come on, somebody. A little bit beachy, but a little bit restaurant. I loved them. They actually had pieces of patches all over it. So it looked like I was wearing a quilt, but it felt like I was wearing a quilt. 
So when I walked around, I mean, it was like totally, I felt like I didn't even have shorts on. It was just amazing. And then one day, my wife, thank God for my wife, we were out to go. We were getting ready out to go somewhere. She goes, you can't wear those shorts. I said, you can't tell me what shorts I can wear. He said, she said, you better not wear those. You are a pastor of a church and you have holes in those shorts. I'm like, holes are cool. She's like, but not where those holes are. I said, let's get a patch. And we did, right? She's sitting here today. We got a patch. We got a patch that kind of looked like the other patches because it had patches all over. Did we not, my love? She is sitting right there. So we got a patch. Guess what? It did not work. The patch tore the pants, the shorts, even more. So we got on Amazon. We got on eBay. And we looked for another pair of shorts that looked exactly the same. Did we not? It was the same. And we paid. We're not going to say what we paid for them, but I'm going to tell you this. We got them. And I got some new shorts. And I wore those. And guess what? There was holes in those too. Why? Because I love comfort. And I, I love them. And what Jesus is saying is that, listen, you can't just put a patch on it. Jesus doesn't do patches. Jesus doesn't do Band-Aids. He does new God doesn't want to put a Band-Aid on cancer. He wants you to have a whole being, a whole new life. He did not come to put a Band-Aid on your sins. He came to forgive them and wash them away. He doesn't do patches. He does a, he does a whole new life. Can I hear a good amen today? And so we tried the patch. It didn't work. And finally, listen, guys. That sh those shorts had sentimental value to me. I went to some of the best beaches in California in those shorts. I had pictures in those shorts. And I looked good. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally joking with you. But I loved them. And if it was up to me and not my wife, I'd probably still be wearing them, even at home with holes in them. Why? Because nobody immediately says, new. We cling to the old because it's familiar. I know I'm being funny, but I've counseled too many people who have been in abusive relationships, and we've counseled them and we've helped them only to find out they go back to what is familiar. Even though it is unpleasant, even though they are hurting, they love the comfort and familiarity, and they would rather be with the wrong person than be alone. And Jesus says, I don't do patches. He says, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, when you get saved, he clothes you with a brand new robe of righteousness. It's not a, it's a, it's a robe that he puts over you, the Bible says. Are you catching this today? And this is important because I think what can happen is we want new results with old behaviors. And it doesn't work that way. Jesus is saying, listen, you won't enjoy new wine because you keep thinking the old is better. Isn't it funny? And I, I speak out of my own life because this is funny because sometimes I'm preaching about something like this just happened this week. Isn't it funny how we can fantasize about the past? But here's what we do is we change the facts because we know the past wasn't that good. But I was in my house. We have a beautiful house. It's a dream house that God has has blessed us with, and I was in the backyard, 
And I just started thinking about our apartment. You know, when we left El Paso, we left, we sold our house there. God had called us to Marietta. And um, we had just been living there a year. We had just gotten married, and we felt like God was calling us out. So we sold our house, and we moved into Wild Omar, you know, Wildemar. And so there's some apartments there. It was great, 1,300 square feet for only $1,300. And we were excited about that. But there was a lot of stuff. We couldn't have life group at our house. We couldn't, you know. But for some reason, I was in the backyard thinking about how amazing our apartment was. It was like, those were such good times. I'm like, I don't even know why I'm thinking this. Like, what we were paying, like 1300 It's kind of like, you know, and you're going to do it too to your kids, right? When you look at your kids and you go, candy bars were only $2. Now they're 50 right? Like my parents did. Candy bars were only $0.05. Cents. And so I was like, our apartment, man, that was like, and then I thought to myself, I thank the Lord, but it wasn't that great. The people underneath us moved in, started smoking weed. The next people on our right started smoking weed. You could smell weed from when you pulled into the apartment. My church family, there was weed coming up as we slept. I think there was a couple Sundays that I was totally high when I was preaching. And I'm telling you, it was not that good. Come on, somebody. I'm being honest with you. And people are like, that's the anointing. I'm like, yeah. And some herbs. It was so bad. We were coughing. Like, right? Am I telling? And then on top of that is 12, and I guess they had a band. So they started rehearsal at 12 minutes. I'm like, I got to preach tomorrow. It wasn't that great. And then where our apartment was, and I don't want you to think that I'm not grateful. It got us here. Praise God. But our apartment was right where the gate opened. So the gate was opening and closing, and, you know, I got whatever, Limp biscuit down there trying to, you know, do their thing, and, and, and we have weed coming up, and I'm like, it wasn't that great. Why am I fantasizing about this? You know why? Because we love the old. And so we'll fantasize it, change the fact. Oh, you know, I know marriage is so hard. I remember when I was single. Oh, shut up. When you were single, you were crying yourself asleep because you're like, Lord, bring Prince Charming. Now he's there. He may look more like Shrek now, but he's there. And you're like, oh, those days were so good. No, they weren't. Come on, am I telling the truth? And we change it. Why? Because we fantasize the old. And what happens is a lot of people, they will stay with the old. They stay with, not, what's, not, with what's not working. They're not productive. There's no fruit. Why? Just because it's comfortable and it's easy. And guess what? You've stagnated now. You've stopped the progress. You've stopped growing. That's why Isaiah 43, 18 says, he says, do not remember the formal things, even the good things. Some of the things that can stagnate us is even past victories. Because of everything that God had done for the children of Israel, he says, look, don't even remember the former things. He says, nor even consider the old. He says, because I will do a new thing, and it's going to spring forth, shall you not know it? He says, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Why is that different? Because they were crossing through the Red Sea. So he was opening, right? He was opening the Red Sea, but he's saying right here, I'll take something that's dry, and it'll be new. And guess what? I will totally put water in it. But listen, if you're so consumed, not that we don't thank God for past victories. We do. I do. It helps us in future victories. But you know what? If you're standing around, talk about how you won high school state championship and you're 40 years old, you got to move along, Bubba. Right? We got to move forward. Come on, say it's time to move forward. 
because it's impossible to be future focused when you are past possessed. My church family, I want you to start get excited about new. I want you to get excited about what God has for you. Man, this scripture has just so been resonating in me. First Corinthians chapter two, it says, but it is written, I has not seen nor ear has heard nor have entered into the heart of man that the things has prepared for those who God love him, who love, who love him. Your best days are ahead. They are not behind you. Stop saying you've seen it all. No, you haven't. Listen, God is calling you to new. Can I hear a good amen today? You have not seen the best yet. Yeah, you can give him a good round of applause. Come on. And we get in this idea, oh, I've seen it all, I've heard it all. I used to say this, because I've heard every, every counseling, I, I've never heard something different. It's always the same. And the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. But you can get into this idea, I've never seen anything, you know, I've seen it all, I've heard it all. No, then you're living in the past. It's time to move forward and be forward focused, because your best days are ahead. You haven't even seen your best victories yet. David, he killed a lion. Man, that's huge. Yeah, he killed a bear. But you know what? There was still another victory. There was Goliath. And what many saw as opposition, David saw as an opportunity. I'm talking to you today, my church family. I'm talking to you from a place that I actually believe this. You know, this is insane to me. I just finished the Into the Deep book. It's done. And so I'm sending it out for endorsements. There's people that are endorsed at Rex Crane. There's a guy by the name in L.A. His name's Tim Story. He's an incredible motivational speaker. He does a lot of um, life coaching to different stars. He helped Robert Downey Jr. get back into his life from his addiction. And, and he's, he's reading it, Dr. Michael Mayton. There's a lot of people. And I, and I finished it. But you know what is just so crazy to me is that two weeks ago, um, just finishing the book, I got an email from a person in Houston and they said this, look, we are calling you, we're emailing you from the Christian Television Network in Houston. In Houston? Do you know that I live in California? And they said, listen, we want you to be on our show. It has a potential of 5 million views. I said, all right, you got my attention. So I talked with them and they said, yeah. I said, how did you find me? They said, Google. How many of you know Google is godly? Come on, somebody. When you got the filters on. He said, my wife was looking for great churches and we came upon yours and we, we want to have you. I said, okay, listen, here's the reality. And they said, you can come on whenever you want. You can talk about whatever you want. I said, I just finished this book. And he says, bring it on. <laughs> I'm going to bring it on. But we're already going to Midland, Texas. We're going to Dallas, Texas. And we're going to El Paso, Texas, because we have different events for the book. And then Houston just pops up. So now I'm talking to some pastors in Houston to be on the show. And then we are going to do a book signing at a church to try to gear these people, whoever's watching, to this church to try to get them saved and planted. My church family, what I'm telling you was none of that was on the radar. As a matter of fact, I got the, I got the email the next day when we came back from Knott's Berry Farm. I was out having fun and somebody's looking at us online, getting ready to contact us while I'm out having a great time with our church. That's how God works. Can I hear a good amen to Today. And yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. And I'm telling you what, believe that this book will sell a million copies because if it sells a million copies, that's a hundred thousand dollar tide that's coming to Passion Life Church plus a twenty thousand dollar offering. That's how we get a building. Can I hear a good amen today? But the price for the new is the old. 
I had to leave a 750-member youth ministry not knowing where God would take us to say, God, that was a great victory, but you have more. Can I hear a good amen today? Your best days are ahead. But here's what you have to know. The price for the new is the old. And here's number three. Listen to this. God doesn't waste his wine. God is wanting to pour new wine into your life. You know, wine represents joy in the Bible, represents Jesus' blood. It also represents the Holy Spirit. But if he poured new wine, he tells us, Jesus, he says, if I just pour wine into your traditions, it, it would blow them away. It would destroy them. God loves you so much that he doesn't want to destroy you with new things. But you're going to have to grow your capacity to receive what he has for you. I'm not talking about salvation because we receive salvation freely by grace, but I'm talking about growing. I'm talking about having something new. You know, um, I'm so honored because um, Inez is here today. She's sitting next to my wife. Many of you don't know Inez. You see her every, every time here. Her and her family are so faithful. But I'm just reminded when we first started, she would bring her five kids at 7 o'clock in the morning to serve at the church. Was, it, was seven the, 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 the call? Seven o'clock in the morning, five children coming down. And I, I say all that because she had a capacity. And some people, it, it always baffles me. They're like, you know, Pastor Phil, I have a child. And I know, I get it. I have one too. And we're doing it with our kids. We're doing it. And Inez always inspired me because any day that I felt tired, I would just look at her and she had all her kids. Come on, somebody. They were all serving. And, and Joey was what, two years old, three years old? He was four months. She had him and she had her other kids. And today, because of that, you have a place to sit here because she served, because she didn't, so many people get delicate, and so many people, man, they, they overthink things in their mind. Well, you know, what if, what if my kids don't like church? But what if they do? What if they turn into powerful men and women of God? It's amazing what we harp on. Well, you got to go to college. You got to do this. You got to do that. But what about God's house? Man, then we say, you got to go to church, man. I'm believing that your kids are going are gonna to turn out like history makers, and they're going to be change makers in our society. But we've got to come together and get into the word of God. And today, her two girls, Grace and Faith, they set up the bread for you every single week. They're here. I don't think they've missed probably 20 services in 10 years. And you know what? Her, I didn't know what was going to happen with Grace and Faith because they were graduating. I didn't know if they were going to leave. But you know what? They wanted to be around the house of God, and they stayed here, and they're still serving in the house of God. My church family, they are investing in treasures in heaven. Can I hear a good amen today? Come on, say it's time to grow. You can do more than you think you can. We got to stop with all the self-imposed limitations. You can do more. And the reality of it is you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And with God, not with you, but with God, all things are possible. And I wonder what would happen if you would make a, a step. But how do I, Pastor Phil, how do I grow my capacity? Luke 16.10, you are faithful with what is in your hand right now. He who is faithful in very little 
is will be faithful in much. Listen to this. The way you act in little, God said, is the way you will act in much unless you change the way you are. And I say that with passion because some of you, we have this concept of why aren't I moving forward? Why isn't the business growing? Why? Because you can't have old attitudes. You can't have old behaviors and expect new things. If you're going to have new, you've got to become new. You've got to learn. Maybe you have to take a class. Maybe you have to, but what is within your hand? My church family, time is of the essence. Right now, Jesus is going to come back soon. What do you have right in your hand? Look, he says, if you're faithful in the little, you'll be ruler over much. He says, if you are unjust in a very little thing, you will be dishonored in very much. Listen to this, verse 11. And if you have not been faithful in the case of righteousness, mammon, which is money, deceitful riches, money, possessions, who will entrust you to to true riches? I had a guy one time come up to me. He said, Pastor Phil, man, we love the church. I love you. He says, when I win the lottery, I'm going to buy this church a building. I said, kindly, are you giving now? He said, no. I said, then you won't give us anything when you get your money. Because if you can't give a dime off of a dollar, you're going to give $100,000 off of a million? (laughs) Who are you kidding? Why did you say that? Because that's exactly what this scripture says. You are becoming who you're becoming right now. It's got to change today. We got to stop with the good intentions that this is going to, no, it's today. God, I want you to make me who you want me to be. And I'll give you anything. I'll give you all of the old stuff, but I want to walk in the newness of what you have. Listen, you can't have a great marriage with old attitudes and negative attitudes. What's got to happen? You got to change. We got to change. It's not weakness. It's wise. We got to change. But just know God doesn't waste his wine. And here's where we close. Number four. You glad you came on this hurricane edition? Old wineskins can become new. Here's how they would make the old wineskins new. They would soak it in oil. Oil represents the Holy Spirit. Oil makes the old wineskin become soft and pliable and stretch. It's time to stretch. It's time to stretch. It's time to grow. Let me say it this way. It's time for you to step into who God really made you to be. It's time for you to step into what he's created for your life. That's where you're going to find the most fulfillment. You know, the Bible says that eternity is in your heart. That word eternity actually means special purposes. And that is why you were here on earth. Because God knew that this world would need what you have. So all of your DNA, all of your talents and gifts go along with the purpose and why you're here. If you don't understand the why of why you're here, the what of your life won't make sense. See, I understand. Somebody spoke over me. Man, I've been under attacks, like crazy things happening. I thank God that we have people in our church that pray for us and love us. 
And Anita spoke over me. She says, all these attacks are because of what's coming. See, if you understand your why, you have such a purpose, the what and the attacks, you understand now. They're coming against you because your why and your purpose is so great. Come on, can I hear a good amen today? But you got to know your why. you got to know your purpose. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. No matter where you're at today, you can have new wine. Psalms 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, the word delight means to be soft and pliable. I'm still changing. I'm still growing. But I think one thing that I do have going for me, because I've preached so long, is that I have the mentality that no matter how old I am, I need to continue learning. No matter how old I am, yes, I have wisdom, but you know what? I still need to be instructed. Although that I am mentoring people, I still need to be mentored. At 52 years old, I need to continue to be pliable and to be able to say, yes, Lord, to be able to say I was wrong, to be able to say I was, you know, forgive me. My my kids never ask, never say I was wrong. Um... You know how many times I had to look at my son and say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. But guess what? Parents who don't say they're sorry have kids who don't say they're sorry. Parents who aren't merciful have kids. Parents that are always criticizing their kids have kids who are criticizing. Can I hear a good amen today? Parents who are growing have kids that are growing. But to be able to say, I'm pliable, Lord. I want to read this scripture because I read it again. I want you to become new wineskins. It says 1 Corinthians chapter 9, for 2, verse 9, it says, But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear has not heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Listen to verse 10. But God has revealed them to us. How? Through his spirit. Through his spirit. Because the spirit searches all things. Yea, the deep things of the Lord, the deep things of God. You're deep. You're multi-layered. You're not meant to live shallow. And yet, if you allow the Holy Spirit to make you a new wineskin by being pliable, he will do it, my church family. But he's not going to kick down the door. So how do I become this new wineskin? Listen, you don't override the convictions of the Holy Spirit, even in the little things. When you're day to day and you feel that on the inside, go, "Mm, don't do that. Mm, Don't say that. You know what? When you honor the Holy Spirit, guess what? You're becoming pliable and God can put new wine in your life. He can put new wine in your life. Can I hear a good amen today? I want to end with this. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. These scriptures I've just been meditating on in the Amplified Classic. It says, now to him who, by in consequence of the action of his power that works within us. Where does it work? Come on, say it loud. Where does it work? It works within us to be able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far above All that we dare ask or think, infinity beyond our highest prayers, desires, or thoughts, hopes, and dreams. He says here, all that we even dare 
to ask. I came today, Passion Life Church, to dare you to grow, to dare you to change, to dare you to go after the dream that God has for you, to dare you to take a risk, to dare you to get out of the apathy of your attitude to say, I can do what God is calling me to do, and I don't care what people say, and I don't care what people think. I dare you to challenge God in your giving to see if his word's not true. I dare you. Because I wonder what your life would look like with new wine in it. Some of you might even smile. Some of you wouldn't look so constipated all the time. Coming to Passion Life Church. I don't know. I wonder what your marriage would look like with some new wine in it. Hey. I wonder what your finances would look like with some new wine in it. I wonder what your mind would dream and think about with some new wine in it. I wonder. But you're never going to know until you grow. You're never going to know until you let go and you grow, my church family. And I'm telling you today, the God that we serve is waiting to pour out new wine in your life. But are you ready to become a new wineskin and say, God, whatever you have for my life, bring it on. Bring it on. Here I am. Whatever your life. I'm telling you, if you will do that, you will step into a life that you have never imagined, and it will be the life that you actually wanted, but you could not verbalize. But God knew it all the time. So what are you going to do? Are you going to grow or are you going to stay the same? Because if you're going to stagnate and stay the same, you've already taken a step back towards dying. You've already taken a step back towards deteriorating and fading. You know, listen, I don't want to burn out. I want to burn up for God. I don't want to retire. I want to refire. I want to do everything that God has me to do. And if I have to fly to Houston and Dallas and here and do that, I don't know how it's all going to happen, but you know what? He's going to make it all happen and it's going to be fun and people's lives are going to be changed. And you know what? I'm going to kick the devil where it counts. I said, I'm going to kick the devil where it counts. Oh, let me say it in Jesus name. It's time for some new wine. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.